Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Sticking Sideways is not brought to you by a basket of deplorables. Instead, it's brought to you by your local animal rescue. That's right, dogs, cats, and all kinds of other critters are out there up for adoption, and you need one. And more importantly, they need you. And really, believe me, it's not just you rescuing the cat, the cat or or the dog. Uh, That animal is really going to enrich your life. I know it's enriched all of our lives to have nice little pets, and it will yours too. And hey, if you've already got one, you can always still do something because there's lots more need out there. You can donate money to your local cat and dog rescue, uh, or you can donate your time, meet lots of cool critters, and it's very rewarding, and meet fun people, and you'll really do some good. So, hey, do what you can. This is Steve, Devin, Joe, and this is episode number 227 of Thinking Sideways. Whoa. Oh, really? 227. I did not know. Yes. It's episode oh. 227. Well, we call it out every week, but it's really easy to, to kind of miss what number it is. Mm-hmm. And I realize, hey, we're getting up there. What, what, what do we do every week? Sit talk around. About... Talk. Drink. Yeah. What you do. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> like a fish. She drinks for all of us. Water. water. Yeah. <laughs> now, this week, uh, as every week, we are going to be talking about a uh, unsolved mystery. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And since it's my turn, I decided that I would dig into the old history book and find us a rather old story. Man, this is a meaty tale. It is. Yeah. 
this week we are going to talk about uh, a story that is God. It's almost almost 150 years old at this yeah. point. And Over it, 150 years no, old. No, 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 no. It, it happened in no. 1876. So not quite. 140 yeah. years. 141. Oh. Yeah. I was just looking at the six. Ah, got it. Yeah. I'm good at math. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this week we're going to be talking about the Kentucky Meat Shower. Uh, and this is a listener suggestion. This was yeah. suggested by Blake and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Blake's the first one that's on the list, but I know yeah. that we've gotten this many, Tons, many times. Because yeah. this is an oldie but a goodie. Oh, yeah. Very popular little story. It's yeah. a fun one. I didn't realize it. I, you know what? Well, it's, this fun one was one for... actually, if fun it's not if It's fun if you're not actually there on the spot. Well, yeah. But... And you're not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing is that you see this story on lists, and it seems like kind of a simple story. And it's like, well, whatever. And then I actually started cutting into it and found out what was there. I was like, oh, this is good. You mean I'm carving into carving it? Carving into it. Yeah. So let's turn up the heat and let's see what we can make happen. All right. That was a clumsy pun. It yeah, was. <laughs> but we'll it's get... my week and I'm always clumsy with True. the puns. True. Right. Okay. Shall we begin? Let's yeah. Go. Our story takes place on March 3rd, 1876. Just outside the town of Olympia Springs, Kentucky. According to reporting at the time, Mrs. Allen Crouch, who, by the way, being a woman, didn't deserve to have her name listed in the official recounting because it's the 1800s and she's a woman, apparently. Because uh, I you, dug you... everywhere and I could not find her first name. Uh, actually, it's Mary. Did you find it? It was Mary, yeah. God, I kept was... looking and looking and looking, and I couldn't find it. It was well, really making me mad. You posted some links about the story. The was sec- it in there? Yeah, it was. Oh, see, I kept looking. <laughs> the second well, article, yeah. No, because I yeah. kept looking in the old newspaper archives, mm. and I think that's what was throwing me off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it is Mary Crouch, uh, and she was outside making soap. And she and her husband, Alan, uh, were both in the yard. This is at some time between the hours of 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock. Noon. Noon. Yeah. That's what they call the meeting hour. <laughs> the meeting hour is absolutely Some places correct. call it chapel hour. Yeah. And they're out there. They're enjoying the day. This is according to the official narrative while they're working. Uh, when suddenly it began to rain. And we don't mean the normal kind of wet rain that you and I know Not all winter long. rain kind of rain. Right. Instead, yeah. we mean the gross, meaty kind of rain. You yeah. know, the other kind of rain. Yeah. yeah. Like the we get second around here. Kind. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's wet rain, there's hail, and then a, uh, apparently this story, the next phase is meat. Meat. Yeah. Red rain. So like the song goes. Yeah. So all of our vegetarian listeners, you're not going to like this episode. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so according to the official narrative, though, for somewhere between two to ten minutes, depending on the accounting that you read, Mary and Alan Crouch watched as what appeared to be small pieces of meat fell from the sky. Yeah, cool. They described it. Yeah, they uh, (laughs) none of it was bacon though, so it was terrible. Uh, But they described it as being quote delicate shreds as light as a snowflake unquote, while others were quote a solid lump three inches square unquote. Again, this is I've kind of found a bunch of sources to kind of come with up with my averages here. 
but my average size for the material that was falling out of the sky is somewhere is around five by five centimeters, which would convert to about two by two inches. Uh, with the largest chunks being somewhere between two and three times that size. So they're already like stew size. You know, yeah, you yeah. Gather them perfect. up, put them in the pot. We're talking ready stew to go. meat yeah. falling yeah. out of the yeah. sky at this yeah. point. It's kind of nice. So were the Crouches the only people who saw this happen? Yes. So they are the only ones to witness the event. There will be others who very shortly show up, but they are the only witnesses that I can find record of. To the meat actually falling from the sky. Correct. Okay. Mm. So the, the, the couple, they watch in amazement uh, in, in probably you know, stupefied as this is happening. Their cat, however, goes into an immediate feeding frenzy of course. and uh, runs outside and gorges itself on this sky, sky filled bounty. What was the cat's name? Uh, uh, full. Okay. I'm going to say boots. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have yeah. no idea what the cat's <laughs> name was, but the cat yeah. was full. Yeah. Lucky cat. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure like your typical farm cat in those days probably didn't get a great diet. So. Oh, it's not. Yeah, no, no. It's not like uh, you were weren't feeding the cat and hoping that it would catch mice. The cat subsisted on whatever it caught. So this uh-huh. was a literal bounty from heaven yeah. for guy. the pud. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the couple, they, they watch this happen. Shortly, one or two people show up at their house. And this is weird because I don't understand why these, un, the, in both of the names of these people, I can't really find record of. Joe, did you find him? I did not. Dang it. Ah, Sorry. See, I screwed up in the first one, not the second one. Yep. But these people (laughs) show up and at least one of them actually ate the material that fell out of the sky. I know. Would you eat that crap? Oh, no. Hell no. Oh, no. (laughs) But in this day and age, you know, we have different sensibilities. But at least one of the people did consume some of the material and said that it tasted like mutton. All right, I'll buy that. I'm not willing to say that I would have been above eating that. Really? Yeah. I mean, like today, yes. In like the 1800s. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Okay. I would just be concerned that maybe there was some human flesh in there somewhere. So I probably... In the 1800s, I probably just would have assumed it was like God giving me something beautiful. Yeah, good point. I'm kind of like a cat, apparently. Apparently. I've just been like, yes, meat. Obviously, it's intended just for me. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, remember to wave your paw when you need to use the box and we'll take a break. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So... <laughs> the reporting that I have found again, the, the numbers are going to vary from site to site that report it, but the meat fell on an area of approximately 100 by 50 feet. Uh, if we convert that to meters, that's going to be 30 by 15 meters, and it coated it pretty, pretty solidly. But by the next day, of course, this material has all begun to spoil. It's, uh, it's all going a, south, which is not surprising. That was a real disgusting mess. Oh, you gotta yeah. Got to get off the meat rake. I can yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine. All right. Get up, honey. We got to clean the meat off the fence and the lawn. And the and, roof. And everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine. Huh. Ah, screw it. Just let it sit there. It'll eventually dry out. It'll go away. Or the vultures will come get it. Yeah, it's revolting. Yeah. (laughs) Local scientists and investigators would come out to the home, and they would collect samples, and they would attempt to preserve them. And what they would do is they apparently they were putting them in jars of glycerin, which Mm. um, glycerin is, Joe, help me. I I suddenly cannot Mm. think of what... 
That oh. is... Oh, hell, I can't remember either. It's like, I didn't realize, I didn't know, the only thing the listener is going to do is, is keep it from air. Well, yeah, but, but it's also, but that should also then keep it from decomposing mm. because it's, oh, God, I, I know they used to use glycerin in a lot of old-timey stuff yeah. as a preservative. All I know is that they still have a few of these samples laying around in jars today, mm-hmm. but those are preserved in formaldehyde. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, so, the Formaldehyde is going to be, uh, for so, long-term preservation, much better. Yeah, obviously the glycerin didn't like, quite cut the mustard. Yeah, that seems silly. Yeah. Uh, and they're so, still around. I have no idea if they still look like what they used to look like. I, I, but, yeah, yeah, I've seen I pictures of them. But, I yeah. don't know that they do, but... Could you... You couldn't test them since they've been in formaldehyde? I, I, yeah. would, I would say that after 100 years in formaldehyde, usable DNA has probably been destroyed... Yeah. yeah, I imagine you could probably still take slices, look at the cell structure, maybe. Get at least, yeah, at least determine like but... if it's meat or something else. Yeah, right. You could you right. Be able but, to and, and we'll get into some of that in theories, because okay. uh, we've got some information on that during the theory section. But for overall preservation, yeah, they they don't they don't look the same. Obviously, they don't look nice and fresh and pink mm-hmm. and white like they did on day one mm-hmm. when they fell in Mary and Alan Crouch's yard. Yeah, they're not Twinkies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. But they might be what Twinkies were originally based on. You don't know. Yeah. Um, so the, the the samples would be examined by scientists, and a whole slew of suggestions would be made. That was uh, a national story. Yeah, it totally was. And people kept saying, oh, well, it's got to be this. It's got to be that. Uh, I mean, some people said that it was bear meat, while others, I'm guessing based on the taste test, said it was mutton. Uh, yet others said that it was lung tissue, which is creepy and weird. And yet other people said that it had to be uh, an algae of some sort. Mm. So there is a huge bevy of theories of what this stuff really was that, that showed up in these people's yard. I don't know that if somebody were to just you know, sit me down and say, taste this meat and tell me what you think it is. <laughs> I definitely couldn't say like mutton necessarily, but I mean, you know, we don't need a lot of mutton. I was going to say, anyway. actually, mutton is obscenely distinct. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't eaten a whole lot of mutton, but I have eaten it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where when you bite into it and you taste it, you know. Mm. Do, have you ever had bear? I have not had bear. Yeah, so maybe it's the same as bear. Uh, no, bear, uh, again, bear is one of those gamey animals that... Is, uh, gamey animals all kind of taste the same as, way, uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And gamey animals are much different than mutton. It's I don't know how to describe it. I'm not a foodie. Uh, That's true. Yeah. I don't know either. I, I, if, I haven't had muff, mutton in so many years, I've forgotten how it tastes. So it's, I have no idea. It's weird. It's a... I, is, is it is it good? No, no, really? No, I don't think it's good. I'm I'm not a fan of mutton. We're gonna get some good emails about that. Oh well, that's yeah. fine. You know what? I I like to sh- I like my sheep sheared. I don't like them barbecued. Yeah. So that's that's fine with me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've got a PO box. Please send us mutton. No, 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 no. no. Please do not send us mutton. Okay, fine. 
<laughs> okay. Send us just jerky or something, okay? Believe it or not, uh, unlike, well, actually, this is kind of in line with your last, uh, one of your last episodes. The, the story was amazingly short while we had a, a relatively decent uh, section for theories, and we're oh, in one of those hell. again. Oh, yeah, was it hell.com? Mm, I don't know. I don't All I know one. is that we're about 10 or 15 minutes into this, and we are already theories. Yeah. Yeah. Which this is, is weird. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a, it's it, the actual story itself, but I mean, there was a, a big, you know, aftermath to it because it was speculated on for years. Oh, uh, like a hundred plus, yeah. Yeah, by scientists and everything. I mean, but especially Still. around the time that it happened, though, it was, it was a, a matter of intense speculation for at least a couple of weeks, a couple of months, something like that. Uh, actually, I think a couple of years. Not because long? there was a couple of scientists who I remember the things that they wrote. Because they didn't get the, because it took so long for some of them to get the samples that, you know, I mean, mean, think about it, it's 1876 and it takes a long time for a horse to travel across the country Mm. to deliver a vial of something for somebody to look at. So it actually was years that this thing continued to have information, not necessarily new information, but information per se to come out about it. Did you see, by the way, that, that, that plaque that's along the side of the road somewhere in the, at Olympia Springs? What? This this sounds familiar, but please refresh my memory, sir. Well, if you go to Google Maps and you type in Olympia Springs, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and then, you know, pictures on the left, you know, so you click on the picture and it says plaque, uh, it's a roadside plaque, really nice, like, bronze plaque and everything. Mm-hmm. Talks about, oh, you know, and this year, you know, the citizens of Lexington came out to, what was it called, Mud Lick Springs. Mm-hmm. That's what the springs ever called, Mud Lick Springs. <laughs> And, uh, Wait, well, I thought it was cave. Okay, no, and they came out there Lakes to escape the cholera world. epidemic or something. And then this year, the Battle of eighteen twelve, this happened. And then in this year, the battle, the Civil War battle, was was fought nearby. But they didn't mention the meat shower at all. Interestingly enough, <sighs> maybe they're embarrassed about it. I don't know. I was gonna say they're Rude. they're in the meat closet. Yeah, that is just uh, that is just unfortunate. Yeah. So I guess we're ready to talk about theories. Oh, yeah, theories. All right away. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just do it. dive into theories. All right. Throw a little butter in the pan and let's see what comes out. You've never cooked meat with butter? I don't butter? think you've ever cooked meat is what I'm starting to think. Oh, 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 wait a second. You have never taken a thin piece no. of beef and thrown, gotten sizzling hot butter and thrown a, a thin piece of beef in the pan. Of course I have. I just keep questioning your insistence that we're just going to, quote, see what comes out like you don't know what's going to come out of that pan that you've just put in. Listen, I am trying to maintain an air of mystery here. <laughs> gotcha. Come on. Okay. We're a mystery podcast. All right. Theories? Nobody nobody can smell the aroma of what I'm cooking. Theories? Yeah. It's not that Theories. good, though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Theories. Theory number one. Well, this was the in- initial suggestion, is that it was a bacteria. According to a man named Leopold Brandeis, the material was actually cyanobacteria, a.k.a. algae, uh, and this particular algae was known to look powdery and rather unassuming when it was dry, but when it was wet, it would swell up when it came into contact with water. And I think we've all probably seen this kind of stuff because it's weird, powdery stuff you'll see on the forest floor around the base of trees sometimes. Uh-huh. And then you'll come by and it's this weird kind of whitish gelatinous jelly stuff during a rainstorm that I, that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about here. Sure. He said that what had actually happened was that this stuff was 
around the area and all over the property of the the crouches and, and it that, just got wet and somehow it got wet this is a little contrary to the story of course because according to the the crouches it was a nice cloudless blue sky day so where'd the water come from yeah, it's also where'd the meat come from? Well, yeah, the uh, I mean, well, the thing about it is, is like uh, if it's been present in their yard, wouldn't this be happening routinely in their yard? That's that's exactly mm. exactly the problem with this Plus, this initial theory. And to answer Devin's question, what what he's saying is that this stuff swelled up, and then they immediately grabbed it and threw it in the glycerin so that it didn't dry back out. Sure, no, that's fine. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking like they're saying, well, like where did the water come from i don't know i feel like i can explain where water just happened to appear way better than i can explain where meat just happened to appear yeah so because yeah, they're out. saying like it was a cloudless beautiful day and then meat just came raining down from nowhere like i'm way happier to especially living in portland oregon where i know you can look up mm-hmm. even it's pouring rain on you and you can look up and it's blue sky right above you and somehow it's pouring rain on you it does happen i'm way i, I happier. would think that we would have nicknamed this meat algae yeah. a long time ago yeah, it if it, it looked like more. meat when it got wet. Well, we don't know that the Crouches were particularly intelligent humans. I, I mean, just in general, it doesn't have to just be Maybe it be was a bacteria mutation. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, if this was something that happened naturally on a regular basis to look like this, because in the descriptions, and, and here's what we haven't talked about so far, is in the descriptions, like, people took the knife to this material and said that it had the striations of muscle with little bits of gristle and fat in it. Like, it looked like you cut it out out of a cow or a pig yeah. or a chicken or whatever. Not you, something you would expect from bacteria. Yeah, not gelatinous like you would expect something to be if it was just a cyanobacteria that swelled up at the introduction of moisture. Mm. So, problem think, with uh, this is right off the bat, that does none of that makes sense. Well, I think another problem with it, too, is that uh, there was reportedly blood on the ground around the, around the chunks of meat. There was some blood. Was it and, blood or was it the like yeah, liquid yeah. that I I struggled with that? Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Joe. I no, I, I, that's, I that's left all. it out I mean, because I was like, reportedly, people said that there was some there was some red stuff, presumably blood, that on the ground, and so I was like, well, you know, that would come from me, but from this bacteria stuff, well, probably not. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, plus you know, bacteria has been scientifically proven cannot taste like mutton. <laughs> yeah. 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 Joe has done extensive studies on this. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I it's oh. it's a bad theory. I just All wanted right. to No, no, you just wanted to poke more holes in it. I totally understand. Uh-huh. Let's uh let's move on to the next theory, which I have titled Space Meat. I like mm-hmm. this one. I like space meat. Well, you know, it it does microwave quite well. Uh, but <laughs> space meat was one of the very first and honestly funniest explanations from the time that this happened. According to the reports by the quote-unquote experts, the meat was actually from meteors. And meteors? I, don't know, uh, I don't know how we're spelling meteors. <laughs> but uh, it was from meteors that had come into contact with the Earth and fallen from space. Now, have this you got was that a... backwards? I mean, doesn't it, doesn't, don't they fall from space and then come into contact with the Earth? I think this is. I think the way I wrote this was I meant it came into contact with the Earth's gravitational pull uh, and I fell see. from I space. See, see. Okay. Um, but 
Uh, you want me to, you want to finish this? Oh, well, uh, yeah, sure. I I just want to clarify this is a theory from like the 1800s. Oh as well. yeah. Okay. Totally. Great. Totally this is from the 1800s. Okay. Yeah. And my finish next it. explanation is going to make that very clear. Yeah, finish it. <laughs> okay. So the, the theory goes because there was no bone fragments found in any of this material, it must have been the remnants of an exploded planet of creatures that had come into the path of our planet and then of course that debris field of exploded rock and planet and creature matter uh. was then drawn in and fell to the earth from space uh, because we went through the debris field of that dead world Wow, and so uh, so have, it's all aliens. It's, it this is literally of, um, it's alien chunks is what was falling from the sky. There must have been a lot of spectacular like meteor crashes around that time too, though, right? Like uh, yeah, rock no, meteors, you, not just meteor meteors. If, but, yeah. If, yeah, rock meteors. Yes, yeah. not not me- meteors. Yes, yeah. you're right. If if this were true, there should have been a lot of meteors coming from the sky in general in in the time frame. Hmm. No, there's not. I'm sorry. Simpler thing hmm. if this were true the meat would have been cooked or vaporized it should have been burned up on re-entry yes yeah you would like think that. that it would at least be medium well yeah mm-hmm. but no that is or not like the a case. monster well <laughs> yeah. although i guess on the Char. other hand just to you know play the aliens advocate for a minute we don't know what life looks like on other planets for all we know there is some sort of meat that is resistant to high velocity and it, heat it does yeah. need to be cooked at a thousand degrees for 47 minutes yeah to it might become... be the, the, the surface of their planet is like a thousand degrees so yeah this is like a chilly day for that <laughs> yeah. yeah we we are the actually keeping the meat nice and cool for that now yeah, yeah. No. This is this is it's fun. T- it's a fun bunk theory because it is literally from the era 1876 theory before anybody actually knew how space worked mm. or had a good you know a better well, understanding of how space worked than than it wasn't as commonplace. I yeah, mean, there were there were people that understood gravity and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I was trying to but clarify. Yeah, so, so there were actually alien creatures then, chunks of aliens that came down to earth that's what this is recounting but uh Uh no we know that because we know this isn't right because everyone knows that aliens taste like chicken and not mutton which i mean really is the the bar that i'm working on well it actually makes no sense too because i mean the aliens always eat us we never (laughs) do we ever eat the aliens in the movies no 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 No, we we run from the aliens. We drop the baseball bat when we beat the bad guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, none of this, none of this is actually happening. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next theory uh, that, and this is also from the time. The next theory is that uh, this is meat products from heaven. Uh, according to this theory, and please don't interrupt me because I wrote this and I am very happy with the way I crafted this sentence. It says, God giveth and God taketh. And in this instance, he gaveth the people of Olympia a rain of meat. Hmm. Okay. So that was probably from the local preacher. That's, and that's, that's the actual entire theory right there? Yeah, because that's ex- entirely what I, I made up. Because yeah. there were... Okay, I'm I'm being a bit of a jerk. I'm being a bit of a pill about this. There were men of the cloth at the time who were saying that this was a bounty provided by God. But were they the ones eating it? But no. they were not the ones eating it. And it was, it, I mean, if this was something that 
I'm not going to, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but if this was something that the Lord was going to give on a regular basis to his flock, then we would have seen it on a regular basis. And that was not the case. So it's really, I think it's a preacher trying to mm, explain something and not freak his parishioners out. Maybe Alan and first name redacted Crouch um, (laughs) were just so holy and good that they are the only people in history who have ever deserved a bounty like this. You know, I bet. Maybe. Uh, I bet every day they were wonder both of them were just praying for some good meat. You know, God, I would just give anything, Lord, for you know. And then finally, go, the Lord just said, "I'm so sick of this crap. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> dump go. some meat on them and say, okay, no more, no more prayers now." Mary's like. Alan, will you just will you learn how to shoot yeah. and actually kill us something to eat? That might be what it was. Maybe. Too. Yeah, it's so, hard to say. So that's what I'm thinking. God got fed up. Yeah. Sorry to all of the. Yeah. Sorry to all the. So that's 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 the theory. Sorry to all the Christians we've just. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally oh yeah. Done no, it. no, we're. I, I'm making fun again. This in the last theory, we're kind of making fun of people of the time. I don't mm. want to make fun of the faith. I'm making fun of the people of the time. Yep. So we we have more theories that oh, we boy. have to go through. Thank this, God. I mean, oh, yes. I mean, this would be a short otherwise. So let's keep going. As I would like to say, let's fry up some fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, you spent the entire almost break talking, thinking about that, didn't you? I did. Totally did. Mm. I admit it. Our next theory is vulture vomit. Yeah. I, like yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Some people ate that, Steve. What? Uh, you know, I mean, vulture babies eat that crap. So why not people too? Let's just go into the theory. Okay, so after real scientists got their hands on the collected samples, uh, they figured out that the stuff that had been collected actually had a structure to it that proved that it was from an animal and not from a plant or a bacteria. In other words, it, like I'd said before, it had that, algae, that striation yeah. structure that you'll see in, in yeah, red meat. Like Yeah, like muscle fibers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these same scientists believe that the material was... uh, This is a weird combination of locations, but they said it was likely from the lungs of horses or the lungs of infants. Human infants. Same thing. Usually about the same size. Nay. (laughs) Yeah. God. Yeah, I don't know why they would say that, but I, I, I never actually, like, you know, got myself along and, like, had it and looked at it, I, w- I wouldn't think it would look like red meat. No, it's it's a weird thing, but but there's there's a guy by the name of Doctor L. D. Kastenbein who looked at the samples and uh, in their state he decided that the answer was perfectly obvious and it's lungs, huh? Well, no, not necessarily lungs, because uh, the, the lung was the initial the initial people uh, folks who examined it, actual scientists who examined it said, oh, well, it's got to be lungs. And then this guy gets a hold of it. And according to him, he's the one that came up with the whole vulture vomit theory. He says, yes, it it probably is meat chunks that were from the meat of animals, not necessarily lungs per se. But what's happening is that the meat product was all carried into the sky above the Crouch's homes by vultures. Because, and this is actually a known thing, uh, vultures are known to regurgitate their meals, uh, uh, a.k.a. barf it back up. Cool. 
and they if they if they've eaten too much they will do this and if they need to fly and they're too heavy they will do this now to be honest or to be frank about it they normally do this not because oh god i ate too much and i just can't fly it's too much work no it's because something has scared them and panicked them and they can't immediately ascend into the sky. So at that point, then they expel the contents of their stomach to lighten themselves up. That's, it's a defensive uh, mechanism. Yeah, I thought it was only when they were threatened. Yeah, it's when they're threatened. It's not just a, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that second cheeseburger. I'm just going to let that thing come back up and then we'll we'll go down the street. I mean, that's just not the uh, way it works. I have not also, to scare any vultures, I guess. I have guess. also heard that it helps to deter birth i mean uh, yeah oh yeah yeah to no, deter the, any kind of predators the the i'm gonna barf on you dude uh defense mechanism has been used by vultures and wimpy college dudes for years oh, yeah. oh. but i i i don't know i have some problems with this oh oh yeah well it, i mean there's lots of problems with this yeah. thing well, um, not really. I mean, I think it's perfect theory. Oh well. Um, so, so here's something that we haven't talked about. Um, I read on vultures, and this is not my area of expertise, ornithology. I mean, I did a bunch of work on the Washington Eagle, but this barfing to get higher thing is know. not is not really my area. So I really we need a vulture expert. I don't think we have one of those yet. No, we're we, gonna have I, to expand the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I looked through the list and I didn't see anybody that was a vulture vulture all would you call it a vulturologist? Vulturologist. Sure. Or just a regular ornithologist with oh. a minor in vultures. You mean with an emphasis in vultures? Emphasis. Yes. Emphasis. Mm-hmm. That's a better I'd way to I'd call them a vulturologist. Vulturologist. Uh, Vulch- no. Vulcan to me. Vulturologist. Um, but no, the point is, I, I don't really know that they just do this so that they can ascend higher into the sky. No. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm only at 4,000 feet, but I want to get to 5,000, so let me herk up my guts. Everything I've ever understood about vultures is that they only do it as like a fight or flight mm-hmm. mechanism, not yeah. like a just because they want to fly higher. You would think mm-hmm. that I mean, if you're actually flying, it, you wouldn't want to be doing it because you'd like you know you're, you've got wind, you've got wind speed, you know, you, and you, you hurl and all that crap's going to go right in your eyes and all your face <laughs> and stuff. Well, more than yeah. that, I mean, like your your primary mechanism as an animal is to survive, right? And yeah. if you can keep your energy source, aka food, yeah, you in your body, you'd yeah. like to hang on to that yeah. and escape. Or flying. yeah, but if if the choice is, I mean, humans do this too. Like in in we you see marathoners do this sometimes in in extreme exertion situations. Mm-hmm. Bodies do sometimes just expel expel in any way they possibly can. Um, and so you know, it's I think it's that same thing where it's like if they are in severe danger, they will do this because it helps them get away. But other than that. Well, if they There's no reason. a little too hard, maybe. You know? Yeah. I, I'm actually I'm really glad is that whenever I've run, and I've run really hard, I have not actually experienced that expulsion. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I've never had to do yeah. that. Yeah. There have been a few times when I've been working out, I've really pushed it a little too far, and I felt, I haven't puked, but mm. I, I felt kind of nauseous. Oh, yeah, so, no, yeah. last weekend's race, I was really sad that I'd ate that pesto wrap. I was like, for uh, the first that, mile and a half, I was yeah. like, that was the worst thing I ever did. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> But so, yeah, so I don't know that they would necessarily do that to attain more altitude, but let's ignore that for the moment. Let's just talk about the herking ability of vultures. 
because it is rather epic. I also wonder, sorry, just to derail yeah, yeah, you for yeah, a no, second. No, no. I also wonder, like, how many vultures would have had to be herking at the exact same time? Yeah. Hold right? that. Hold that. Hold that thought. Ooh. Yep. I'm going to hold it. Hold it a little longer. Hold it. Just choke it back. Um, no, okay. So if we look at, because yes, vultures, as we've talked about, are known for expelling the contents of their stomach as a defensive move. They've actually got a pretty impressive range. Uh, according to what I've read, uh, they can herk up to 10 feet, which converts to about three meters in self-defense. That's good to know. I won't get any closer than that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there was the whole thing about the family cat running around to, to eat up this material. So I could see maybe that was a self-defense mechanism against the cat. Although then that says that there was a whole flock of them and then they were doing it in I, mass. I really, and I've never seen anything that says that vultures barf in mass. I've unlike that one fishing trip I was on. Uh, yeah, I I know, but I have heard that they influence each other, and they'll follow suit, and they'll all barf, and not in unison, but, but a barfing vulture can make his friends. But I really doubt the cat was chasing yeah. a vulture. I mean, I, you know, I, having vultures no, are big; they're really huge, and they they yeah. can be very aggressive. Mm -hmm. So I would not. I don't think a, a house cat, unless they were withholding the fact that their cat was actually like a freaking cougar or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, a giant yeah. Coon. yeah, I mean, no, like it'd have to be bigger than that, I think, because like vultures will, they are not They're pretty shy. Huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it would have taken a really, really, really big cat to scare them, but maybe True. not. I don't know. Well, okay. So, so let's, let's, um, I have a couple of ideas here. Let's, uh, let's, no pun intended, flesh this out a little bit. Huh. I really wasn't intending for that pun. I just realized it was coming. So during the day or in the morning of the day that this event took place, Mary Crouch was said that she was in the process of making soap. She was making soap for whatever they needed, whether it be for, you know, washing your hands or washing your clothes. She's mm -hmm. making soap. These were the pioneer days when people had to make all that stuff themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, to make soap from scratch, from literal scratch, you need to make lye, which you make from wood ash and animal fats and oils, which uh, you boil. And so it, we don't know. And, and by the way, we don't know exactly what stage of the process of making soap she was at Fair or enough. in. So she could have potentially been rendering fat at that time and to render fat, uh, which, you know, let's just say it's from sheep. I'm saying it's from sheep because of the whole mutton flavor thing. Sure. Uh, but what you have to do is you have to go ahead and you have to put the, the fat in water and then you, it, that with the lye, which you've already boiled, the lye comes up to the top and then you throw the fats in and the oils in and you render it until all the chunky bits are gone and then you're scooping that off of the top and by the way this is the basis description of how to make soap and like the volumes are important there's a whole bunch of information i'm not going into because well that's science that we don't need to worry about too much but the point is that if she wasn't very good at what she was doing she could have had her volumes off or she could have had a whole bunch of this material laying around on the ground, a.k.a. fats, 
which would have attracted vultures because God knows how long that fat sat there. So mm. if you leave a whole bunch of scrap fat around and there's vultures in the area, they're going to come to it because it's free food. Well, so sure, th- but uh, she would have noticed them, right? Yeah, maybe she went inside to go to the bathroom. Well, okay, so let's let's ignore Mrs. Crouch for uh, the time being because the point of the matter is all of these birds are there and they are now eating the fat that she has laid out that she intends to render. And then somehow, whether it be her running out and yelling at them or her husband shooting off a gun, they somehow startle the flock. What do we call a flock of vultures, by the I way? I do not know. A flock. Uh, Let's call a, a flock. A barfology? I mean, like, I don't know. Whatever it is, the whole flock of them gets startled. And in their their fleeing from the scene, they all herk up the materials that she had previously laid out. And they had then eaten. Mm. And they spew it all over the front yard. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's entirely possible. Now, is this your theory or one that somebody else made? Up? This is my theory because there's okay. there, because really there's no good theory. There was the whole the the space meat mm. and like you know mutton, but really there's no good theory. So what I've been doing is I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the the root of the story, and the root of the story is Mr. and Mrs. Crouch were making soap. Yeah. So let's look at what's involved in the process. The vulture vomit theory is from the time. Yeah. So now I'm saying, okay, well, let's let's hypothesize from there. It's total conjecture. Okay. I totally get that. Yeah. In I... case you were wondering, yeah. A group of vultures who are in flight is a kettle. A group of vultures when they're resting in trees is called a committee, and a group of vultures that are feeding is called a wake. I love it. Awake. Awake. A kettle awake and a committee. I've actually heard of a committee. Of I have too, before. but I had not heard awake before though. No, but one. that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, so good. we're referring to awake. Yes. Of vultures right yes. now feeding. Which I would mean, then become a kettle. Yeah. I don't think it's so ludicrous to, I mean, the, my problem a little bit comes in when we start talking about if the vultures were eating and then like regurgitating, it sounds like what they were regurgitating was more like traditional meat bits, not like fatty bits. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking um, too. Yeah, that is an issue, right? But other than that, you know, I'm not. Can, I can find some buy-in to this theory of, you know, maybe she's got her giant vat starting to boil over a fire outside, right, or over whatever she's you know warming it in, and she's got all her stuff laying out there, and she goes back in the house to do some other chores. Mm-hmm. You know, Mister Crouch is also in there. The cat's in there. I don't. The cat didn't scare them, but you know, whatever. Listen, the, the cat needs to be involved. Great. Oh. Um, they're all in the house, and then you know she comes out only to find there's a a wake of vultures feeding on her fatty bits, and she just goes, nah, and they just go, and then fly away. And then, or maybe they start to fly away. Cause I don't know how the mechanism works here. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I don't know how the mechanism works. I don't know if it's like a vulture takes off and is like, Oh crap, I'm going too slow. I'm going to throw up. Or if they like see the fear thing barf. and they just go and then like take off. But it is, I guess it's possible. Cause since we don't know the mechanism, they take off and then meat just starts raining down from the sky. And they're like, what in the world? 
Alan, come see this. What is going on? Okay, and 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 that and and that is the explanation. I'm going to play that into this theory and the next one. And I wasn't going to talk about it until then, but it is that the Crouches may have seen the 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 propulsion of meat out of these vultures and said, "We are never telling anybody about that." Uh, this meat just suddenly appeared out of the sky because I don't want anybody to know that we caused this because it's gross. But of course, people are going to show up at our house soon and they're going to see this stuff everywhere. We have to have an answer for it. Well, so I, I mean yeah. that that would explain like they they may have they may have narrated their own the the story in a manner that avoided where. They looked like the idiots for causing it by startling all of these creatures. I don't think they would make them look like idiots, but uh, it could have just been a passing kettle of crows, too. I mean, they could have just, like, been flying by and something scared them. Maybe somebody pranked Herbie, you know, who was the, the high-strung one, you know, and uh, they pushed it a little too far. Herbie hurled, and everybody else started <laughs> hurling, and next thing you know... Hurley? Yeah. Hurley, the high-strung vulture. Yeah. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's just like all over these guys down below. Sorry, guys, but yeah, they could have been flying by way high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know, of the theory so far, this is my favorite theory, but it's still not, like, a good theory. Let me give you a uh, another theory. Okay. Because... Again, I the theories that are from the eras and today are really weak. And so I started again looking back at what was going on to try and get an idea. And um, bad science is what I'm going to, to call title this theory. What I'm saying is that they were making soap. And we talked a little bit about the process of the things that you have to put in to, to make soap at this time. But what one of the things you need to be doing is, again, you need to be boiling the, the ash to make lye. And then you need to have a good, good hot fire that's going for a, at least a half an hour to an hour to get that to boil right. And then you got to start adding the other materials in. Well, it's completely possible that Mary Crouch was really bad at this and possibly even worse, tried to find a way to shortcut the process. Uh, she may have thought, well, you know, doing this all in a kettle or in a giant pot takes forever. It's hard to keep hot. It's hard to keep the fire going. You know, what if I were just to use a pressure cooker? Because pressure cookers in the late 1800s were a thing. They were available. Uh, they still are. They, But they were not nearly as accurate or reliable or foolproof as they are today. And so let's suppose for a minute that she is trying to figure out how to do this in a pressure pressure cooker and she completely flubs it and pressure cookers were known to explode and so if she is still chucked, sometimes yeah so if she has chucked all this meaty material in there in an attempt to pressure cook it and rend it and turn it into liquid and then that that container that she is using, whatever kind of pressure cooker it is, because there was, I think I read about five or six specific brands at the time, uh, and they all had flaws. 
But that thing then literally explodes. That would explain the 100-foot-long by 50-foot-wide spread of material on their property because, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Well, maybe they, uh, she might have um, been using the pressure cooker and not actually had any meaty stuff in it either. But maybe, a, you know, like a neighbor kid came by or something no. like that. No. When it went off, and, and in the aftermath, they're going like, um, gee, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, some some other neighbors start showing up, you know, and, and they're going like, what's happening, man? It's like, uh, well, you know, suddenly mute just rained out of the sky over here. Oh, and, I, yeah. I thought, you know, if this pressure cooker explodes, right, since we don't really know where Alan was. If he was out working in the field or something, uh, and he just comes running, and he's like, "Oh, it's a CYA is falling from the sky," uh, and <laughs> and Mary goes, "Yeah." I think it would have. That's what's happening, honey. I think he would have put the two together though. Hear this big kaboom, and then all of a sudden, crap falls out of the sky. I usually associate those two Joe, things. Joe, Joe, you're you're yeah. presuming that Alan was a, a relatively smart man. Uh, I've known more than one dude on a farm who would hear a loud boom and then see meat falling from the sky and say it thundered meat. He uh, could also have been hard of hearing. Oh, okay. And not have heard it. He could have been working, like, in the fields and not heard it. Mm. You know, meat comes from the skies, and she goes, Alan is going to kill me. Mm. I don't. And then, lucky her, he comes running. He's like, do you see this meat raining from the sky? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So weird. Also, the soap is not going to get done today. (laughs) And by the way, the soap (laughs) batch went bad. Yeah. I, uh, I got well, so distracted by the meat falling that I just, I don't I know what happened. It. I burned it. I burned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. Well, yeah, and I, I, I also thought other series would be like just some anarchists were making some bombs, some big bombs, and the next farm over or something like that and blew themselves all to hell. And, uh, yeah. But there were no bones. Yeah. yeah that, that is a key point is that we haven't talked about this before is that in the, and I keep calling it material because we don't know where it is. I mean, I keep calling it meat, but in the material, it's fibrous tissue that is similar to meats and fats and sinew, but there is no actual bone in there. Mm-hmm. That's something to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. I mean, I don't know what any of this means. Uh, but I do know that the, the, the description that we just gave there means that we have to move to the next theory because oh. we have one more theory left. Well, I was going to talk about, I wanted to talk for a minute about uh, oh, yeah, please. the Oregon meat shower. What? Yeah, we had a meat shower in Oregon. Did you did, not know about this? Did we? Yeah, we did. When? It was back, I think, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right around there. When your mom uh, was is this trying... the whale? Yeah. Oh. You've, never, you've heard about the whale, right? I have. Yes. I was going to make a joke yeah. about to... your mom making soap. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Tell our listeners. We know, but tell we our know. listeners. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's they, a, they, they, they might not, bud. Not everybody's heard this story, but yeah, this this freaking huge whale beached itself uh, on, on the Oregon coast, and this was decades ago, but... Uh, and actually... If you look on YouTube, and oh, you can you watch can find, the footage. You can find the, the news footage. And from here's it. here's my favorite thing about the news footage. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, but uh, they were wondering how to get this because it was it, it beached itself, and then after a few days, it started to stank up the place real good. <laughs> and so they decided to to 
blow it up with dynamite. And uh, bad idea. Yeah, it turns out it didn't work out so well. Well, they did bad math. <laughs> but apparently, and you heard that like like one guy got his car totaled because this huge chunk of whale blubber <laughs> landed on top of it and crushed it. Was it. a VW bug? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and but luckily nobody got killed. Uh, yeah, amazingly. I mean, if it could total a bug, I, I imagine it could have killed somebody, but it didn't. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Oregon meat shower. I and, believe and it's it was still the... a mystery. Nobody knows. I believe the Oregon Department of Transportation was the ones that were responsible for the idea to blow it up. Yeah. They, ODOT, was the one who said, you know, I have a really good idea on how to get rid of that. Let's just blow it up. Yeah. Why not? We got a little... We got a little <laughs> Actually, that's not the worst segue to our final theory. No. No, no they kind of go to... They kind of like... Yeah. They, they both start point. at the beach. Yeah. 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 So let's, uh, let's move into our final theory, because really I've got uh, two paragraphs that span two pages. The last theory is water spout, with a question mark at the end. Water spout? There we go. Said it right this time. I was going to say, just channel your normal speaking. I know. I was like, wait, I'm trying to use my podcaster voice. Let me just talk normal. No reporting at the time reports any kind of strange weather patterns at all. But let's ignore that because it's 1876. (laughs) My favorite theories ever always start with like, here are the facts, but let's ignore all of them and talk about something (laughs) else. Well, the problem is, is that the reporting is so shoddy. No, I I understand. I just like the the basis of what you're saying. You're like the way I say that don't ignore this, but let's ignore it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's because I have more better math. But let's just think about this. So there is the possibility that, well, I mean, water spouts are a thing. Water spouts are little tornadoes that suck things up out of water, bodies of water, and then carry them and send them across great distances before depositing them back onto the earth in some unrelated location. Sometimes the water spout itself travels there, and sometimes it basically funnels it in a giant arc and then spits it out, and it eventually all falls into one area. Yeah, you know, uh, well, I checked in, and actually this area of Kentucky is kind of on the bleeding edge of of tornado country. Tornado alley? Yeah, it's like like way on the edge of it. Uh, Well, that's why I I didn't, I was... I, I really struggled with one because it's not in Tornado Alley, and it's just such a well. It's it's in an area. It's like like right as like I said, way on the edge of it. Doesn't get much activity, but a little bit more than we get here. A tornado touched down in Oregon today. Oh yeah, so it does happen. Just because it's not like prime tornado area does not mean. Well, yeah, and that's exactly. and that's exactly the reason that I didn't just toss this out because. I mean, we had one today. These things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got hailed on today for no particular reason, but it happened. Because tornado. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, and that's the reason I, I kind of like the uh, water spout slash tornado theory, because, I mean, if there's one event that can pick something up and deposit it neatly somewhere else, mm-hmm. it's a freaking tornado. True. <laughs> yeah. I mean, an All explosion right, so... really won't do that. Uh, yeah. An explosion will send stuff like... All directions. Yeah. But, and and yeah. vomit, vomit will do the same thing. It's it's not really unidirectional, but a water spout maybe potentially could. So yeah. okay, so let me let me run through this. Let me let me read through what I got written here, which is that if some kind of water spout or mini twister were happened to, to come into the area and were suck up some kind of weird material that it would then deposit on the Crouch's property. Well, if we look about 10 to 15 miles away, which, by the way, this converts to 16 to 24 kilometers, there's the town of Farmers, 
Uh, and that at the time was a sort of industrial town. And it had a, ri- uh, it's the, I know I'm going to mispronounce well, this lucky? because. What's that? The Licking River? The Licking River. You know what? I say I'm mispronouncing it because it looks too easy. It looks like Licking, but it's probably Liking River. Licking. Yes, but the Liking River, Licking River, runs into Cave Run Lake, which is also in the area. And so I could see a situation, and by the way, there is no historical precedent or record of this kind of processing plant being there i'm just saying you know what maybe it got lost in time but there is we as humans have loved to use for centuries natural bodies of waters as an avenue to carry our waste away and so if there were an animal processing facility of some kind whether it be for sheep or cows or pigs or whatever and then they were taking these scrap bits they didn't like and they were just dumping it in to the river and then it was flowing down to the lake and who cares because it settles in the lake and whatever and then a water spout happens and it sucks all that crap out that it was floating downstream and carries it that 10 to 20 miles away and then luckily enough for the crouches drops it on their property well looky there Congrats, you are now the proud owners of a bunch of discarded meat bits. Well, now, another reason not to taste the meat, I suppose, if it's been in the river. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, well, uh, again, you know, they had hardier stomachs than we do uh, today suppose, at that time. Uh, again, though, back in those days, I mean, I, I like the water spout theory. I don't know about the industrial detritus theory because it's like... Um, they didn't throw away anything to do with the meat. I mean, that got made into other stuff. I mean, cut any kind of meat was hamburger, sausage, something. But you know what? I mean, the 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 oh, apologize for the the ba- the poor language here. Yeah. But they used everything to a degree from chicken lips to arseholes. But mm. that is actually not true because there is a certain amount of material that gets scraped off and falls to the floor and gets shoveled out. So they don't actually use everything. And if you've ever mm. watched an animal get butchered, there's the whole, we use every bit of the animal. We don't let anything. But that's not true because parts get hacked off and they get thrown away and there's hunks of meat on bone and unless you're throwing the bone into the pot and boiling like it's almost never as actually efficient as people want to say it is Mm -hmm. so there is going to be scraps and bits and pieces that get thrown away you never use 100%. You may use 90%, but that means that there's a whole... I mean, even haggis is made of that, that extra bit of animal, but that doesn't mean that the other bits are there. So yeah. we don't use it all. True. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's my only... That's my, yeah. my, my, my response to that is that it's... Yeah, we don't actually use it all, though. And actually... Uh, while we're talking about that, one of the parts we use the least are things like the lungs. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. it were a 
processing plant for you know even like cows or something like Uh that that might be something that would be more readily discarded that Mm. could have been picked up and you know who the heck can tell the difference between cow lungs and horse lungs nobody really no especially when they're like three inch and really when they're like three inch squares yeah really who can tell i mean lung material is is probably pretty recognizable Mm -hmm. but I'm, i'm being very generic by saying lung material because... But it's but it is one of the things. I mean, like yeah, we'll use like the organs and the heart and the brain. Oftentimes, people will use and like mm-hmm. livers and even intestines. A lot of times, as casings. But like the lungs are one of those ones where it's like very rarely do you, do you go somewhere and they say, oh, and tonight we have this delicacy of a lungs. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Good point. You know? Uh, I've never seen that And on the here menu. is the yeah. brain still in the, the skull. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, oh, I've had brain. I've well, literally never had Well, that's why you have lungs. cow disease. Probably, that's true, yeah. Cow brain Even though it was chicken brain. Human brain or what brain? Yeah, human brain, mostly. Okay. How was it? Yeah. Chicken. And- yeah, it was pretty yeah. much like yeah. chicken. It was yeah. kind of dim-witted. Kind of, yeah. kind of gelatinous-y. Ew. You know? Gross. No, yeah. no. no. <laughs> to clarify, I've never eaten human brain. But, um, yeah, I mean, lungs, I, I guess that would bring that full circle a little bit, too, is that, like, that would be one of the things that I would assume would actually be discarded mm-hmm. more often than not. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, so, I don't know. Point. Maybe. I don't know. The only problem, the other, the other problem I have with the theory is that if it uh, sucked up a bunch of crap out of the river... Well, it probably would have sucked up a bunch of just like dead fish and old boots and all kinds of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still yeah. like the water spout theory. I think it's, it makes the most sense, you know. I or mean, a tornado. Or some sort of tornado. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't even didn't even suck it out of a river. Maybe it was a pile of discarded stuff sitting. In, yeah, it could have been you know. next to the processing plant. I mean, yeah. it could have I, even I mean, been I mean, at somebody's farm. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. It's I like mean, four I mean, very generic of... by going to the town of farmers and saying they had a processing plant and that they were dumping it in the water. You're right. It could have been that they were just throwing it on the side of the plant mm-hmm. and saying, "Who cares? The rats and the wolves will come and eat it." And then, oh mm-hmm. well, look at that. This Sky ate it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just picturing some some like farmer who's like making jerky and he's chopped the meat. Up. <laughs> he's just, and then he goes to he goes to he goes to the bathroom and he comes back and it's all gone. You know what do you do? You, you know do you go beat your kid or do you like him? I mean, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> all right, you little. Ba- well, what did I almost say? There? Yeah, you almost said some bad yeah. stuff there. Well, okay, listen, yeah. Hannibal Lecter one and two. Do you yeah. have any other theories as to where this uh, this material could have appeared from i no i think those are exhaustive theories but i don't think any of them are good theories no no, no. which is why this is still a mystery yeah which no. is that why there I'm were good that we've managed to take this long to talk about this story yeah. because well, it seems like such but that's what i said before is that you see it on the list first thing and it's a paragraph and a half and then when you start diving into it, it's like Wow, this thing really kind of balloons out. It does. Mm. And, uh, you know, like I said, if it had a good theory, it'd be solved by now. True. Uh, no, I think the I think the mini tornado theory is probably the best theory. I yeah, mean, it's, it's not, not bad. Nothing's proved, of course. Yeah. Nothing will be. And, of course, there's always another theory, which is it was just a freaking hoax. Yeah. That's also that. Really, too. That yeah. is, also you know, that. that's the one that I left off because it's yeah. the least satisfying of the theories. Yeah, it's not really that... a theory. Well, actually, it is kind of a theory. I mean, it is possible that this entire thing was made up by a newspaperman. Yeah, or at the time because or the crouches not unheard of. Or the, oh, yeah, totally not unheard of. Or the crouches uh, did it themselves. Could have been the crouches, you know, pranked everybody. I don't know. 
Yeah, well, I mean, and, and there's there's talk about people who came out to the, the farm the next day and they found the material stuck on the picket fence as if the pieces had fallen from the sky and skewered themselves on the fence. But it could have been that these were wet, sloppy, rotted pieces of material that were draped over bits of fencing. It could have been a complete and total farce. Yeah. It could have been... Totally, totally made up. It could have and been BS. Uh, it, it could have been like like one of their neighbors, not too far away, just for fun, was like built himself like a his own trebuchet. Trebuchet. And <laughs> just put a bunch yeah, of meat scraps in there and just lobbed it over. <laughs> I love true, that idea. Oh, true. Yeah, and entirely like some catapult, trebuchet, something, you know. And maybe they were having a little dispute, something like that. And I'll show them. <laughs> I'll get Alan and Mary. They're such jerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is the end of all of the theories that we have. So let's wrap this up. Put a, put a bow on this. Mm. Put a little pat of butter on top, and mm. we'll call it done. Right. Uh, so things that you're going to want to know about the show is uh, this story, as well as all of the prior stories, going to be available on our website. On the website, you're also going to find links to our research, as well as merchandise and our episode list. All of that is at thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You're listening to this story from wherever you chose to download or stream it from. We are available on all avenues, whether that be Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or what other app you use. If you're enjoying it and you're liking that app, then continue to use it. Please subscribe and leave a rating if that that service allows that, because that's how others find us. We're on social media, so we're on Twitter at Thinkin' Sideways. At no, not at that's that's an email thing, it's just thinking sideways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on Reddit, we've got a subreddit which is thinking sideways, and we're on Facebook, which is the Facebook page and the Facebook group. So, those are both very active. Go and check those out. And if you have questions about a story we've written or you've got suggestions about a story that we put out or if you have concerns, you can send all of that stuff to us via email. That is the preferred method. And that email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. That having been said, I've got nothing else, but I've got a pan uh, in the oven at 350. So unless you guys uh, have anything else, I think we should go, like, shout out. Ah, this makes me want to go vegan, man. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have any puns. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know what, I, a little pat of butter? No. We'll put a little, little skewer no. through it? No. Um, with little bacon bits around it? No. What, what if we put a little paprika on it? We're going to uh, finish it with salt and sign off. Mm-hmm.